0: If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Welcome,
1: welcome, welcome.
0: welcome to the Dirk Pullman Show
1: on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
0: Willkommen, bienvenue, welcome to the Dirk Pullman Show from Berlin, Germany. My guest today is Dr. Roberto Pinotti and uh, he will be on soon. Uh, that's quite a bombshell what he has to tell. We all thought that uh, the UFO story, as we know it, it started with Kenneth Arnold, if you watch a History Channel documentary, or it started with a Roswell incident, where allegedly um, some UFO had crashed. The question has always been uh, what UFOs are? Um, if they're at that time, everybody thought because uh, thought it was piloted aircraft. Because we always have on our mind what is uh, say closest to our idea. You may have noticed, for those who are in the know about it, that in the late nineteenth century, people saw airships, um, and we have, for example, uh, 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 there's. Uh, a famous case in Germany by the our national poet, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, who also saw a UFO. I mean, he lived something, let's say, I'm not completely sure, 1760 to 1820, something like that, where he lived. And he described this as a, as a big arena full of little lights, a circular thing floating in the sky, which is pretty much what we nowadays have as UFO sightings. And the point is that uh, we all it's kind of centralized. The knowledge is central in the United States. Uh, That's also another question that many people have, which is valid. Why do they only show up in the United States? And the answer is that's not true. They do not only show up in the United States. Um, for example, you have a crashed UFO or UAP, whatever I want to call that, in Ubatuba, uh, which uh, where parts of that wreck parts were transferred into the United States. And since the last, let's say, one and a half years, since the um, revelations in Congress, things have went into overdrive. So when I did a documentary in 2003, it was about that. There are too many lies about it. It has been aired worldwide. The title was UFOs, uh, lies, UFOs and the Cold War. And that's what it was about, that what we hear is not true. I mean, this is solid news. You could say the question is not if there is something. The question is rather, what is it? And so we have something new, which is that it all started let's say, for the industrialized world, 1933, and not in the United States, but in Italy. And this is something that we got to know, and it was confirmed by David Grush, the whistleblower who talked about it in the US Senate, and uh, we know from Dr. Pinotti, my colleague uh, Robert Fleischer and I were doing a show on this regularly. There was some sighting in, in Italy um, uh, and there was a UFO sighting in 1936 and he got documents about it. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then it really was, I thought in the beginning that he also had knowledge about this 1933 UFO, uh, but he said, uh, it's rather the documents about that 1936 sighting and then David Grush in his investigations in the USA found out that there was a ufo this is what he testified in congress on in a closed session uh, and then on uh, on several interviews um that there was a crashed ufo in 1933 which was investigated by a crew from of uh put together by mussolini and um that this craft was handed over at the end of world war ii to the united states i mean that is Quite spectacularly. I wouldn't have dared to say something, anything like that. Um, But now things are out in the open, which are really unbelievable. We have to talk about what this really is. And I tell you that most of the experts don't think about some visitors from extraterrestrial sites from another planet. 102,000 light years away. How should that work? But rather that we might live in a more complicated multidimensional universe than we thought before. So we think about three or four dimensions. If you take Raumzeit, it's in Germany. I don't really know what it is in English. The combination of time and, and space. Um, that is usual physical theory. Um, but now we have a different their possibilities we can Explain in the mathematical language six or seven dimensional rooms, which doesn't mean that we understand what that means, but we can do it mathematically and get to conclusions. And then uh, in this universe, in the higher dimensions, you have things crossing over, which are like you could have things appearing uh, in our time, in in our room, uh, space, and time, and we would not be really able to understand what's going on there. This might be the problem that we're dealing with. And it might rather be that it's like a, um, a conundrum that you see. And uh, maybe it's uh, an idea to get in contact with us from another dimension, maybe something else. But we have to be make sure that we don't jump to conclusions. And we have to be open with a scientific mind on this. But I think it's one of the most interesting scientific problems. But right now um, we can, if it's possible, uh, we switch to Dr. Benetti. um uh, and uh, uh, after the break, we have first ever have he came up. He's somewhere in Italy. There might be some technical problems with that. And he also wanted to show some photos. So after the air break, you will hear Dr. Pinotti.
1: TNT's Kate Shemarani. I'm
2: of the, the belief that your body can totally, 100% heal itself. If you remove the offending things and you flood your body with what it needs. What do your dogs and your kids do when they get sick? They lie down and sleep, don't they? They don't want to eat. They get great big temperatures and they just want to rest. What, do you think you're a special special snowflake? You're any different? No, that's you as well. But what do they want to do when you go to the hospital? I've seen it firsthand in the last couple of weeks. They're just going to serve you rubbish food, wheat, sugar, dairy, animal protein, tea and coffee, fluoridated chlorinated bromine water, drugs, pharmaceutical petroleum-based drugs.
0: Kate Shemarani on today's News Talk TNT.
2: Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener.
0: What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are
1: really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live.
3: Hi, I'm Susan Lucci. I never thought about heart disease until I had my own heart event. At first, like so many other women out there, I ignored my symptoms a slight pressure on my chest, shortness of breath. I thought, I don't have time to be sick. I had a a 90% blockage in my main artery and a 75% blockage in the adjacent artery. I received two stents in my arteries, stents developed through research funded by the American Heart Association. Those stents saved my life. I'm so grateful to the American Heart Association. Their research helped save my life. I can enjoy life with my children, my grandchildren, and my friends. Please listen to your heart. The only reason I'm here today is because I did. Learn more about the American Heart Association's life-saving work at helpheart.org.
1: JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The Type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the Type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the Type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the Type 1 community, and we're accountable to the Type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organizations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies, and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, No matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on,
2: let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good talk
1: uncensored news today's news talk radio tnt
0: and um my guest dr robert pinotti is here um i talked a little bit about the pre pre pre-story of this but i think uh, i hand over the floor to you and you explain your case because it's extraordinary and it's quite a bombshell so the floor is yours dr pinotti
2: (laughs) thank you well, this story uh, recently <laughs> was uh, was launched uh, in the web by uh, mainly by uh, Mail Online, uh, the email Online, because uh, as you know, uh, David Grush uh, in his uh, uh, presentation to the Congress of the United States uh, said that the first UFO crash in the world. Happened in Italy in 1953. Uh, and this, of course, is, an, is something in Italy we know, but abroad this was not sufficiently known. So uh, this was the beginning of everything, in spite of the fact that uh, many months before, also Lou Elizondo, in an interview with um, some mosquitoes, uh, told that um, Roswell was not the only case and that he was aware about uh, uh, something that happened in uh, during the fascist regime in the Tirtys. OK, um, we, um, in 1996, uh, uh, we received from an unknown source a group of uh, original documents documenting the fact that uh, In 1936, uh, um, a UFO, or what we call today a UFO, had uh, um, been seen and uh, also recorded uh, over um, Venice and uh, Mestre uh, in the Adriatic coast and uh, uh, had been followed by um, planes of the Royal Italian Air Force and there was a complete report about this. Uh, this was original material. And this was extremely important because uh, uh, this permitted us to uh, have forensic analysis on this material, since it was original material. Um, in, at the same time, we discovered that uh, this mysterious sender had sent other materials to other Mm, uh, destinations, that is, an important uh, Italian newspaper, Il resto del Carlino, of Bologna. And they, mm, we were aware later, that they really received a group of at least 20 pages of uh, uh, reports about uh, uh, purported uh, UFO sightings during uh, the 30s. Uh, this newspaper did not take this into consideration because they said, okay, it's, after all, anonymous uh, material. And besides, uh, well, if we publish this, probably the fascist regime could be seen today not in a too negative way. So this is not politically correct. So we don't publish anything. And as far as we know, and this is incredible, but it's true because we were told this, this material was destroyed, was put into the basket, (laughs) and that's all. Okay, Mm. then this guy probably, uh, well, uh, frustrated by the fact that uh, an important newspaper did not take into consideration what he sent, sent uh, sent other materials to us, and also to a contactee oriented uh, magazine we had in Italy at that time, Ufo la visita extraterrestre. They received photocopies of other ma- uh, materials. But all these materials had to do with uh, a um, common link. The, the The problem is that this guy said, okay, I am sending you important material about this uh, fact. I am the relative of of a a person who was part of a commission uh, uh, created by the fascist regime at that time. And so I am trying to let you understand what happened. Um, Well, uh, frankly, we began to put all this uh, together. And really, we discovered that uh, there were really, at that time, uh, UFO sightings. This, is, uh, this has nothing to do with this material. There were, um, in our archives, uh, reports of this uh, phenomena. But, so this could be. But, apart from this, what was important was to check the original documents we received. We had a forensic analysis made. And uh, the result was that really in 1936, someone uh, compiled a complete and detailed report of an important UFO sightings over the Adriatic coast. So we had to verify if uh, what this guy had uh, written us, because he gave us a a certain uh, uh, picture of all this. He said, okay, uh, this was. Uh, what he received was just one case in that period. But the most important case was a, a 1933 case, which uh, began, which uh, was uh, the start of all this. Uh, the fascist regime thought that this object um, was simply a, a new um, flying device of another European country, that is, France, uh, England, or Germany. And so they had uh, to create a group to study this object or of, of the, the debris of this object in order to have a um, reverse engineering um, study of all this. Because this was considered obviously important from the standpoint of national defense and so on. This group uh, was uh, headed by uh, Guglielmo Marconi according to what our uh, uh, sender wrote us. And this okay, is uh, just a short because, uh, uh, because not was, everybody
0: uh, will know uh, Marconi. That's the guy who invented uh, telegraphy um, so yes uh, and radio wireless. But, uh, so apart from you this, can't get any uh, much farther yes, yes, than that yes. really in science.
2: Yes, yes. And in any case, at that time, he was the chairman of the Royal Science Academy in Italy. So it was normal that he was involved. And a group of um, scientists, engineers, uh, technicians was involved to uh, uh, develop uh, these studies. Of course, this study was completely secret. And don't forget that Italy... Uh, Well, at that time, uh, it was a dictatorship. So only a a limited group of people knew about this. This uh, group was called RS-53. RS stands for Ricerche Speciali, Special Researchers. And uh, the story is that they tried to develop all this. Uh, The story says that uh, Mussolini, at last, uh, uh, was convinced that uh, uh, this uh, craft was uh, had been created by the Germans. This, unfortunately, would probably uh, did something in his idea to be an ally of Nazi Germany. Because, of course, you understand that the story of, uh, uh, well, during the war, you know, Wunderwaffen, the secret uh, German weapons, uh, was... Uh, all already in the air. Don't forget that before the war, for instance, uh, the Germans had developed uh, the first jet fighter, the the Messerschmitt. Italy developed openly this (laughs) only a few months later. The Germans did not reveal this uh, up to many um, years later, since they considered this, uh, of of course, uh, um, uh, something to be... uh, uh, considered um, classified, but uh, you know that in 1939, for instance, Italy did the same and developed the Campini Caproni, the first jet uh, fighter. So in in spite of this, what is important is that we um, had already uh, the possibility to uh, verify that uh, Uh, The original documents we had received were really written in 1936, in those years. And so that someone at that time had studied or followed what we call today the UFO problem in Italy, uh, exactly like today. Apart from this, we try to find other materials as far as possible we found in the um, uh, state archives in Milan a, a many, many telegrams sent by the prefects of the kingdom of Italy to the chief of the Italian government, that is Mussolini. Uh, and uh, the, the subject, not the subject, they, what they did was to inform them about the problem of um. What we could today uh, call uh, uh, UFO, because uh, the the, the name they used was uh, unconventional flying vehicles. Of course, this was uh, uh, in order to monitor uh, the situation and to inform the government about uh, these strange presences in uh, the Italian skies. But uh, these documents have nothing to do, of course, with what we received and indirectly confirm the deep attention of the uh, italian fascist government to this uh, subject so this is the story now uh, we uh, reported everything in a book uh in well we we published this book in 2001 and uh, this book had uh, three different editions uh, the last one with mondadori the most important publisher in italy uh well was in uh, the libraries six months ago but uh, The problem is that now we are facing uh, what uh, David Grush said, which is exactly what uh, we uh, uh, studied and uh, released 23 years ago. You understand? So this Mm. was extremely important. We had uh, to develop uh, uh, um, other researchers because um, the Daily Mail Online, for instance, uh, found uh, a witness a very interesting witness. We did not kn- anything about him. Uh, this guy was the nephew of a mayor in Lombardy, of, 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 a, of a, a town in Lombardy. And uh, um, the, the, the grandfather of this guy had told him that at that time in the 30s, uh, a, a, an unconventional craft had crashed not far from the place in which we know the incident occurred, magenta, and that it was, uh, um, uh, of course, uh, taken uh, away and studied. So it is exactly the thing we knew. Uh, We had another um, uh, witness of this kind, more or less the same. And besides, uh, uh, this moved something. Today, we have uh, the possibility to uh, confront ourselves with five different uh, state documents because this is important these documents were sent us uh, not now but uh, frankly we had to understand to study them and to verify them before uh, by a previous uh, prime minister of italy and this is extremely important but what is important is that these documents mention uh, all of them cabinet RS-33 and besides they also say where cabinet RS-33 operated, not, not too far from Rome on Mount Sorate. Um, it was a sort of Cheyenne mountain <laughs> in Italy mm. in the sense that uh, it was it was excavated um, by the fascists for about 10 kilometers inside uh, and uh, there is an underground uh, uh, labyrinth well part of these uh, um, tunnels were um, devoted to the uh, research of cabinet RS33. This is uh, uh, openly said in these documents. Besides, these documents uh, have their dates, their protocol numbers. Mm, Well, they are official different documents of different um, uh, elements, but in any case, they have to do with the military world, just to understand. And mm, what is interesting is also that they are signed. Signed by name and surname by uh, a higher officer of the secret uh, uh, service in Italy. And today we were also uh, able to understand who these guys were, what they did, and so on. So in other other words, at the beginning, of course, uh, deniers said that, that all this was a sort of urban legend. But today... The situation is quite different. This is history.
0: Okay, um, <clears throat> let me. You said you these things were sent to you by a former prime minister. Uh, exactly. Can you give us the name, or uh, do you? Yes, want to keep, uh, Giulio
2: Andreotti. <laughs> I um, okay. I should uh, underline that uh, this uh, this man is th- was a senator, of course, mm. and it was probably. The most known uh, politician in Italy after uh, the the Second World War, because since the beginning, seven times, yes, several times, several times. Consider that, for instance, this is extremely interesting. In 1955, um, he received a book uh, by the first person who in Italy he was a pioneer in this sense, uh, studied uh, UFOs. Uh, This man was a consul, consul Alberto Perigo. He wrote this book and sent uh, Andreotti his report. And he answered him in a letter and said, consul Perigo, uh, let me say that the considerations you express in your interesting uh, book are um, extremely interesting and important. And that's all. And this in 1955. Later, uh, he was involved in something more important because when he was a chief of the Italian government, well, we had uh, in Italy uh, an incredible UFO wave in 1978 and also 79. We had more than 2,000 sightings in that period. It was an incredible uh, thing. And so uh, Giulio Andreotti, uh, well, (laughs) said, okay, from now on, let the Italian Air Force be charged to follow this phenomenon. And up to today, in fact, they are still doing this. In this moment, uh, about 500 official reports are in the archives of the Italian Air Force in this sense. Of course, they do not interpret the unidentified this is just to be to be said. Eh? They don't interpret anything, but they have their own UFOs in their files, and this is this is exactly what happens. And they yearly. Uh, report uh, how many cases they report and so on. It's normal. the the, the office of the United, of the uh, Italian Air Force, uh, which deals this, is Reparto Generale Sicurezza, the National Security um, Department. In other words, in other words, okay. So you understand that surely Andreotti was at a certain extent interested in this. I had met him uh, on different. Well, he's just told me um, when I asked him about all this story, what was his opinion? He told me, Pinotti, consider that (laughs) all this story was a super secret um, thing uh, uh, handled by uh, a, a limited group of people when Italy was uh, controlled by a dictatorship. So it's very, very hard. In any case, I will try to see if there is something around. In the case, I let you uh, have something. This happened in 2013, exactly, because I, wa- I received in an envelope the, f- the copies of these five documents. I was going to thank Andreotti immediately later. Unfortunately, 3 days later he died. This is history. I am I am sorry but this is the story. But what is important is not this because in spite of the source, what is important is that we found in this state documents all the elements and we could verify that they uh, say important things. Besides, I also contacted the may, the mayor of uh, the um, locality in which Mount Soratte is, Mount Soratte was uh, uh, became a, a sort of uh, uh, atomic shelter during the Cold War. Besides, yes, and uh, this mayor said, uh, "Pinotti, I know as uh, an authority in this uh, place that uh, the the bodies they did." The, 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 the guys uh, the, the uh, which are involved in the documents you show me really had to do with montessorati this is the only thing i can say then historians have to do their work mm-hmm. this is the story uh,
0: okay um, uh, david grush said something about uh, mm-hmm. the shape and size of uh, this yes Allegedly yes. crashed. Do you can uh, uh, can you tell us and can you tell if you can confirm anything on that from your documents?
2: Well, I think so because uh, mm-hmm. the first thing we did exactly uh, in the same way when we learned in two thousand and twenty-one that in a, uh, in an interview Lou Elizondo had told more or less the same things, I immediately contacted Elizondo and asked him, excuse me. What, what what is your source is what you said as uh, what you said anything to do with the, what we published or not and he said no no these are information from my intelligence and this was extremely interesting uh, we succeeded in not only in contacting but also in interviewing David Grush. a long interview half an hour and he confirmed us a lot of things for instance he said that really this object, he was told that this object was about ten or twelve meters in diameter, and it was uh, mm, well. Probably, it it it, it um, as this uh, mm, uh, in the crash. Uh, he, he had changed a little his uh, his uh, shape, but in any case, it was a bell-shaped object. Uh, this is exactly what he said. I also asked him. Well, it's not. Uh, a little thing. How did you, how could you say that uh, after the war in 1945, all this was uh, captured by the American troops and sent to the United States? Because we were told this, okay, but what is your opinion? And he said, well, uh, I think that it is uh, absolutely true. Not only, but uh, he told us that probably Uh, The object was taken to the United States by ship and not by plane because it was too big size. Yeah, yeah, exactly size. You understand? So he he said he confirmed everything. And what is interesting is that at present, uh, with these new uh, documents, uh, we are going to confirm also uh, David Grush because you know that David Grush now. Well, someone is attacking him in the sense that they say, "Okay, uh, he said, uh, he told us that uh, his uh, uh, superiors told told him that 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 and that." But is it true? <laughs> this is what uh, the, the people says. No. Well, I think that, on the contrary, everything fits with everything. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think this is <clears throat> partly why this is so important. You have this, um, you have uh, knowledge, but um, I think in the United States, no documents about this case. This is all inside intelligence. What you have is you also have documents to show that there is something. The paper trail fits with the tale that is told by Grush. Um, yes, I think we you, have to, you should yes.
2: consider. You should consider also that uh, the mysterious sender, mm, he, he never really revealed his identity. He just uh, told us that he was a relative of a member of Cabinet RS-53, probably the nephew of one of these uh, scientists. And uh, uh, he said, I have this material. I can do anything with this material. Maybe this may be useful to you. I send you, but don't. Uh, I prefer not uh, uh, to uh, to show my name and so on. What I could say that he sent us this material in different uh, uh, letters, in different uh, envelopes. Uh, Some came from Italy. Mm, The last one came from Paris in France. And uh, in the last letter we had, uh, about 2000 and uh, I don't remember if uh, six or or seven, um, it was the last letter we received He said, uh, you are on the right path. Go on, study, find other documents, uh, and uh, probably all this will be uh, important. But uh, uh, he also told us that he would have sent us something else. He did not. And unfortunately, if we should consider that this guy, probably today, he should be more than 80 uh, we ask ourselves uh, if, by chance, he is not dead. He could, mm. for for his age. You understand. Yes, so I, I understand don't. It. I don't. Tell, I don't. Okay. I'm not able to interpret this. But in any case, what I think that what is important is to look uh, around and to find other elements and to find other documents. Mm, um, you see, uh, I'm for in Italy, for instance, uh, state documents uh, with with. Uh, a Classified, classified state documents cannot be released after 50 years some some others after 70 years hmm. frankly I don't know uh, because uh, you understand that it, it is a very strange situation for instance some of the people involved in the new documents we have uh, had to do uh, also with the, the allied forces because when the Germans uh, m- left Rome, for instance, uh, the Germans uh, established a group in Montesorate. They they established a group there, okay. not to have problems with bombings and so on, you understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, it seems even that uh, um, the part of the gold of the Bank of Italy was taken there, and nobody found it, <laughs> found it, for instance. There are a lot of unknown things about Montesorati. This is uh, the problem. Uh, today it can be visited. If you um, well if you arrange this, this can be done. Uh, for instance, I know that uh, uh, I think last year, for instance, the American ambassador in Italy well <laughs> was interested and in went to visit it. But apart from this, uh, as I told you, uh, what is important is to try to have new uh, clues, Uh, in other possible documents for instance Mm. the fact that we discovered the telegrams about the unconventional flying vehicles which the prefects of the Kingdom of Italy had to send to the chief of the government. This means surely this uh, something obviously because uh, it shows that there was a deep interest of the Italian government at that time. Um, The the mysterious sender uh, was extremely um, negative towards Mussolini Because uh, he he said that Mussolini had ruined Italy uh, with his personal idea because uh, the cabinet uh, had told him that uh, these objects were not Germans. But Mussolini was sure that they uh, had produced uh, such a a new uh, uh, flying vehicle. And so this, uh, unfortunately, probably convinced him to to transform him uh, in a servant of Hitler, uh, because Mm -hmm. he thought that, uh, of course, this could have uh, gained a victory and so on.
0: Of course, we have to go to another round of advertisements, a few minutes, two, three, and then I get back because I'd like to talk with you about the Vatican was also involved. Mm -hmm.
3: The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit Heavy.
1: The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days. They haven't drank anything. They're cold, they're dehydrated.
3: As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud. Just absolutely mud. You know, the country has been in prolonged for drought for so long. It was like a kinder box waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution. And we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now at home.
1: Hi, right, we were able to get into your unit and we have all four of your cats, So, uh,
3: uh Okay. And around the world for any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution, one rescue at a time. Search ifa.org forward slash disaster ready.
1: Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. This is the
0: Dirk Pullman Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And my guest is Dr. Robert Pinotti. And that was fascinating because what you told us is really that this story made history because the attitude or the relationship between Nazi Germany and Italy was, um, if I understand you correct, at least uh, partly defined by this event. Um, and uh, if you maybe you can go into that. And another thing is that uh, uh, also David Grush told us um, and it, the question is can you confirm that that the Vatican was involved in getting this um, ship or whatever you want to call it, the device, the UFO uh, from Italy uh, to the United States. And then um, you know, let's start with that. So is there Is that true, or I mean, the story is quite fascinating, and um, you have evidence for a lot of things now uh, that would uh, not be possible to be thought of before. I mean, this is—it's interesting because now things come together. It's like Tetris in a way. Yeah. So, what about the Vatican, and what about uh, the situation that it changed the course of history?
2: Well, uh, you should consider a very important thing. Uh, Marconi was not only the inventor of uh, radio and also a a Nobel Prize winner. Uh, At the time, uh, as I told you, uh, he was also the chairman of the Royal uh, Science Academy in Italy. And uh, what is important and what is interesting, but uh, um, you may find this uh, not only in uh, general press in Italy, but also in, in international press. Well, to begin with, Marconi was sure that uh, um, someone in play in, in space uh, could have sent us uh, intelligent signals. Eh? And uh, uh, the newspapers at that time say that uh, he um, thought that possible merchants would send us messages, um, radio messages. Apart from this, uh, what is interesting that he studied also what the general press uh, called uh, the death ray, Marconi's death ray. What was that? Mm-hmm. Now, it was not a fake. It was not uh, a legend. It was something extremely real. We have the Italian um, uh, newspapers and also international newspapers speaking about this. Simply, Marconi discovered uh, <laughs> a sort of uh, device which was able to stop the engines of cars, tanks, and even airplanes. And you understand that from a military point of view, this was extremely important. He gave a demonstration to Mussolini near Acilia. This is the story. Uh, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. Huh? Okay, and he succeeded in uh, stopping the, the the engines of cars and uh, tanks. Okay, not only, also um, the the engines of an airplane. This was a demonstration. Mussolini was very very happy about this because he was sure that Marconi. He was an Italian, of course, would have given Italy such a, a new invention. Uh, Marconi did not. Because you see, Marconi was a Catholic and was in excellent relationships with Pope Pius uh, XI, which, as you know, was completely anti-Nazi. If he would of, if he had not died, he would have uh, Uh, declared Nazism as something extremely negative, and so on. He did not do this, but in any case, this was uh, this Pope's position. And Pius XI told Marconi, my son, please, don't give this invention to anybody, because if you do this, you will give to who will receive this gift the possibility to conquer the world or in any case to win any any possible war so you don't have to do this and he did not um, there is also an interview to Mussolini speaking about this, imagine and he was very very surprised but uh, he, the, the result was that uh, the that ray was not given to anybody and uh, um You understand that, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, all the story of uh, uh, the the research about uh, uh, the uh, so-called unconventional flying vehicles surely must have been told to the Pope. In other words, Mm. the Vatican surely must have known about this story, in spite of the fact that If we see the documents we have in our hands, uh, we see that uh, the fascist regime did not want to um, share this with any other uh, government, including the Vatican government. Hmm? In any case, if things are like this, uh, it's possible that uh, the successor of uh, Pope uh, Pius XI that is uh, Pacelli Cardinal Pacelli Pius XII uh, mm. the, the was, was aware of this and uh, well at that time when the, the war was lost and probably it was the case to cooperate with the the the, <laughs> the invaders that is uh, the, the Americans well it's Possible that he may have really informed the uh, president, uh, uh, the president of the United States, about this. Mm. The channels yes, were but open,
0: um, but possible. Do we have any evidence? Has anybody asked the Vatican to, uh, if they have something in their files? Uh, is this? No, meeting? it's not. No, possible? it's
2: not possible because, as you know, the Vatican archives are much more secret than we <laughs> may think. But apart from this. What is interesting, and this is just to to speak about something today, what is interesting is that as far as UFOs are concerned, as far as the UFO problem is concerned, the Catholic Church is more and more open to the possibility not only mm. that uh, uh, the problem exists, but today we know exists openly, no? after what the Pentagon says, but also the fact that we may be visited by extraterrestrial visitors. This is extremely mm. important. And uh, uh, frankly, we had uh, um, on different occasions uh, relationships with uh, um, uh, many exponents of the uh, Catholic Church. Who? okay. They spoke for themselves, but nobody said, okay, you can't say this. You understand? Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, Monsignor Balducci, for instance, who was a close friend of uh, um, Pope John Paul uh, II, for instance, well, he uh, normally to ufological congresses says that, okay, but UFOs are extraterrestrial spaceships. It's obvious. I know it's true. Consider also, also, I don't know if you know this, that the same present Pope, Pope Francis, in an open um, audience, uh, said more or less this. He said, okay, the the church, well, uh, must uh, confront with everything, of course, Uh, must confront uh, itself with uh, everything. So if by chance, for instance, one day, a delegation of merchants came to us and the journalists, the reporters said, but what's the issue, And they say, no, no, the, the, um, the merchants, the guys with antennas, uh, uh, the, the, the children uh, speak about, right? The, those guys uh, came to us and said, we want to be baptized. What could we do? Uh, frankly, I think it's very, very genial because uh, more or less, he gave an answer with uh, a question.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, there's one thing uh, that comes to my mind. We have several people at the end of World War Two. There's Beluzzo, there's Schriever, Mieter, Haber. That's World. correct. That's yeah. correct. So that's correct. Can you elaborate yes. and explain, no, explain a, a because the audience will a, yes. not know? I, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We, we have about six more minutes.
2: Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Go ahead. Now, a thing we did not discuss it before is the fact no. that in any case, the studies of cabinet RS-33 at a certain extent were surely shared with Germans, of course. And what is sure, because this is a proof we have in our hands, that we have the schemes of flying machines mm, taught by uh, Italian and Germans together. For instance, we have the the design of uh, a flying saucer with a cupola, with a cockpit and so on, round, uh, created by uh, Mite, a a German engineer, and Belluzzo, an Italian engineer, for instance. Mm. But not only, we found the original designs, uh, a dozen in total, very interesting, Made by another Italian engineer um, in northern Italy during the last months of the existence of Repubblica Sociale Italiana, which was allied with the Germans. No, and uh, uh, this uh, um, this design, these uh, schemes are about uh, a so-called discomet, uh, a meteor disc, in other words, discomet, and. Uh, uh, it is more or less something very similar, but it was conceived by another scientist. You understand? So, th- in other words, this means that really something happened. Mm, An aeronautical expert of uh, uh, in Italy told us what is sure that since 1935, in Italy, mm, technicians began to study the so-called super aviation which was uh, the attempt to conceive different kinds of normal aviation based uh, on, uh, uh, of course, the normal concept of aerodynamics uh, and so on. No, because, of course, you understand that a round shape without uh, flaps, without wings, well, it could not fly in the normal sense of the word. So... Mm they began to understand that probably they had to conceive um, flight in a different way. And now a detail I did not tell you before. One of the documents we are in our hands today of uh, the other documents re- uh, which Andreotti told, uh, gave us uh, says that inside Montesoratte the um, uh, cabinet R.S., Thirty-three was uh, uh, using uh, certain tunnels to study, and this is extremely interesting, electromagnetic uh, effects. And this mm-hmm. is extremely interesting because uh, who uh, has to do with the, U- the UFO problem knows that probably they have to do with anti-gravity and electromagnetism, and not mm. uh, with. Uh, chemical uh, (laughs) (laughs) means, you understand? So, Mm. this is extremely interesting. Of course, they did not succeed in obtaining anything, but they had began, surely, to focus the situation in a different way, because they had began to understand that there was something quite different, you understand?
0: Yeah, it's also, um, I had an (laughs) interview, um, that's how I got into the topic, really, with a guy uh, who was with David Frost in Canada? They were working on circular uh, um, airplanes. Yeah, as well, yeah, 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 that's correct. Different that's correct. things. And he said. Avro, uh, Avro, uh, the Avro yeah, Canada, no? Yes. Yes, yes. Avro Canada. And that is so I think what you contribute, we're, we're running out of time. We have about uh, uh, 30 seconds left uh, for this or just a minute. So uh, what you have is uh, it's a treasure trove that, as I said, fits with other stuff. So Um, You need your book published in English as well, it will be out in Italian. My God, it's what I'm
2: trying to do, because, you see, (laughs) uh, my book will uh, be, uh, in a couple of months, will be in the the Italian libraries, but Hmm. uh, uh, it will uh, have also a German translation Hmm. and maybe also a Spanish translation. I Hmm. have uh, the rights for myself, so I can try to do the best in order to have this published in English. Because this is important. We need to understand Uh, that this phenomenon is not Disclosure is is happening in the United States and this is useful. <laughs> and
0: but we have to. Uh, it is also I, I mentioned in my uh, when I in the introduction Brazil is very important. The South American states are very important. That's on correct. And, yes,
2: yes. And yes.
0: Italy is now with uh, Roberto Pinotti. Thank you very much for this, and we probably get back to this. It's a very interesting year. It will be 2024. Will be I agree? A very
2: interesting <laughs> year. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye.